Welcome to Hotep Holla, uh, where we aim to bring the term Hotep back to its original meaning, um, to be at peace. We just spreading the peace. We bringing the peace, all that good stuff. Um, I have a special guest um, here today, man, a homie, uh, 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 quietly 15 years, 15 years. Remember my man at Howard University, uh, freshman year, uh, Carver Hall, without further ado, uh, give it up for Mr. Larry Vines. Hey, thank you, sir. Thank what, you, sir. What's good, man? How you been? You been all right? Been cooling, man. I heard that. I heard that. Um, I ain't gonna lie. I had to have you on because, you know, I follow, we follow each other on social media. Uh, every once in a while, I would see you, you post something. And I was like, man, that's, um, that's thought provoking. This guy's a critical thinker. Yeah. I appreciate folks that, you know, see beyond, um, you know, things at face value and, and can really put themselves in, in other people's shoes and, and really have a broad uh, perception uh, of things, uh, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, I remember one time I saw you post. This was way back. It, this post was so interesting to me. I saved the post. <laughs> I saved the post. So my man Larry says, I'm learning that being misunderstood should not be a reason to gain understanding. People sometimes just don't have the eyes for you. And the time you spend trying to be seen alters the power of your mirror until you start defining your own reflection by the way people perceive you. Man, I don't even you on it. That was, know yo, what that, I was posting on, responding to. Man. But, I was like, man, that's deep. Yeah, man. I mean, I definitely know where my head was yeah. in saying that. Like me, I'm just, you know, I think that relationships is an opportunity for us to see ourselves. Okay. So with social media, I'm always pretty personal with the way I, you know, respond to other people or things I disagree with or even agree with. And with that post, it's something I live by today okay. with, you know, when you put yourself out into the world, you know, and you want people to perceive you a certain way, you have to be okay with people who aren't going to perceive you that way, mm. you know, and being able to move at your own two steps and being able to carry your own vibe is something that all the, the leaders in our culture do. Okay. Like, you don't see too many followers that lead the culture. You see people who are actually innovating and creating. Right. So for me, you know, I, I, I had to find a way to be at peace with people that don't agree. Okay. And being an empath, that's difficult. Okay. You know, but it's a challenge that can be overcome. That's what, so you consider yourself an empath? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I mean, I, I've been learning that about what that means the over yeah, these yeah. last few years, but it's crazy, man. You know, you walk into a space that can just feel the vibes. Yeah. And it's overwhelming at times, but it's also something that's beautiful because okay. you also know when people are hurting or need something and you got to be able to adapt to that. Interesting. Let me ask you, do you feel as though, because we knew each other, we knew each other at Howard. You know, we ain't hang out like like crazy like that, but you was always cool. Um, do you feel as though people... Uh, like like they misunderstand you, or do you feel misunderstood often? Yeah, growing up, I did more so. Um, I think it's all in how you convey and project yourself, and I I never really understood that with my personality set that I wasn't giving people the signals that they needed to be able to properly understand me or be able to understand what I'm trying to put out into the universe. So I mean, when you met me. I was a wild boy, man. You hey, know, I took, hey, I, I took Larry as a, as a cool dude, but don't fuck with Larry. Don't fuck with Larry, because if you grow up in the hood, you know you meet dudes, it's some cool dudes, but you don't you might not want to joke with this dude. You don't know how he take the jokes. You you struck me as a serious dude. Yeah, man. I mean, I I would account that to somewhat a misunderstanding that I created, okay. you know, um, when yeah, I first yeah. came into Howard, there was a lot of fear there. I mean, I think a lot of our, our youth in general, like have a certain amount of fear that they go into these environments that are unknown to them right, right, right. and not realize how they relate. So I came into that dorm, man, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I got my little small set of yeah. friends and, you yeah. know, anybody that, 
you know, challenge that circle or yeah, challenge yeah. my perspectives, like, could be a threat, essentially. And what Howard taught me was, you know, there's a brotherhood there, man. Yeah, yeah, we all yeah. come from these different areas, yeah, yeah. you know, and media taught me, like, don't fuck with New York. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's what all I'm my sure. friends was from Cali. I don't know why, because I, I guess maybe, you know, I listen to more Cali music, so I right, rock right. with Cali people harder. So my friends at Howard were, like, from Cali and stuff. And, interesting. You know, I had that fear, you know? That's interesting. But by the time I graduated, it's like, yo, it's unity there, you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, quiet as cut, man. A lot of us grew up at Howard. Yeah, yeah. You know absolutely. what I'm saying? And, and one thing that I had that I learned and how I developed at Howard was being more open and, and challenging some of my views. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say I was homophobic coming into Howard, but you know, coming from where we come from, it's definitely it was definitely a stigma where you know. If that's what you do, that's what you do. I'm not fucking with it. And you kind of distance yourself from mm -hmm. it. But then going through Howard, you know, you you get to see that, you know, it's just people walking in their own, you know, individuality and they have that right. And you shouldn't necessarily, you know, distance yourself from that in terms of getting to know, you know, somebody as an individual. Right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And, and that leads me to my first topic kind of that I want to bring up. Um, Dwayne Wade has been in the, I guess, the media recently because, you know, he had a son that is now transitioned into a girl. So, I mean, that's that's just what it is. Yeah. So, so, and of course, you know, he's been very open with it and, you know, accepting of it. And I think it's uh, a sign of the times in terms of um, being progressive and... You know, that's just, I feel like it's just more, it's widespread now. So I guess um, the acceptance level has gone up, especially in the black community. Um, but as a as a brother who's raising two young sons, right? How do you see that whole, how do you see that? Like that whole aspect? Like what are your views on it? So I'm a father. I have a degree in psychology. And sometimes those two elements kind of collide where the empathic side wants to have empathy for people's perspectives. But then the professional side is, you know, understanding that, you know, there are certain things that deviate from what society may call normal. Right. For me, with that Dwayne Wade situation, I mean, he's a father who's raising children. He has a perspective. How I would handle that, I wouldn't really be putting things that my child is experiencing that is not aligned with societal norms out there to the universe where I'm saying that this child made a decision at the age of 12 that may be a result of a young age. life hitting them in a way that they don't understand. Mm. You know, I mean, I think that children can be very insightful, like free thinkers. Like, right, they're right. not distracted like us. Yeah, they don't yeah. have the stigmas blocking their their questions or their answers. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. Like, they speak freely. And so, as parents, we're tasked with helping them find a way to cope with society in a way that they're going to survive in the best, most efficient way. So okay. for me, I think, you know, with the culture and the, the atmosphere that's going on with, you know, the LGBT, LGBT community, it's something that creates more room for kids to be more free in that expression. So I respect him letting his kids be free. But again, like, I'm not going to talk down on his personal uh, perspective as a father. But for me, I wouldn't have handled it publicly yeah, the way yeah. that he did. That's real. It's with social media and everything, it, it's such a uh, public time right now. Not even just for celebrities, but right. a lot of people just got their lives, you know, open, you know, to see for everyone online. I, I think about myself and having a son, and just to be flat out, it wouldn't be ideal, but at the same time, your children aren't living for you. Right, you know, right. once they here, they living for them, and you know, as a parent, you know, it's your duty, you know, to make that experience for them as pleasant as possible. Right, you know, even if it, you know, you're uncomfortable, 
with whatever situation, not even just talking about, you know, a child, you know, you know, transitioning to another gender, like whatever, you know, the, the, the instance may be, you know, you might want a son that's athletic or, you know what I'm saying? Or you might had one of the son and you have all girls, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? This is your job to kind of, you know, you know, make your children's life as pleasant as, and as comfortable. Right, because at the end possible. of the day, it's about happiness, man. I mean, yeah, you want man. your kids to be happy, you know, and there's a true. lot of confusion gets placed on children when parents put their ideals, force their ideals on their children, but you do want to guide them. Yeah, you yeah. don't never, I mean, at the did our parents force us to do anything for real? They may have been able to force us to eat our vegetables, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they ain't forced us to think that vegetables were good for us. This is true. You know what I mean? This like, is true. We had to come to that understanding. Hell yeah. You're not going to force a kid to think anything. No. Nah, you can force them to sit and stand and all that good stuff, but you ain't going to force them to understand that I should walk on my own. Right, right, right. You know, they got to learn that on their self. Damn, man. Let me ask you, how was it? How How is it being a dad, man? Because I remember, I don't know what year. What year you had your son out? Man. Is it first year? Was it first year? Crazy, bro. When I met you. Yeah, yeah. In that dorm. Right. My son was conceived. In that dorm. That's crazy. Okay? So, that was first semester. We local dudes staying at Carver, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had all, you know, my opportunities were close by. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And by second semester, my son, no, in the second semester, my son was born. Okay? So, I dropped out that year from Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took some time off. I come back. All my friends had dropped out. Yeah, but that shit was crazy, man. Having that child, yeah, yeah. I'm no more the wild boy. Like it just did something for me, man. Mm. Like it was painful. You know, I went through a lot of different dark phases, but yeah, yeah, yeah. coming back to Howard was always my centering. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And my focus has shifted. So me becoming a father was the best thing for me because I was on my way dropping out with or without a child. Man, fair like enough. my mindset wasn't right. Okay. You know, but. Then you start thinking like, what does society got for a brother, you know, yeah, yeah. for us to be able to survive and provide for ourselves and our family. That's real. It ain't much there, yeah, you yeah. know, and parents pushing you, go get a degree, go get a degree. So I'm like, all right, let me keep going back to Howard. Right, right, right. And I'm searching for a degree that's going to make money. So I was in engineering. But then I stopped caring Shit, about damn. that money like that and yeah, went yeah, into yeah. psychology because my mom was going through so much. Okay. You know, and of course, psychology could be lucrative if you go get your master's or your doctorate but i was going there for mental peace you mm, know that's real so being a father really helped me get centered man align my goals and i always i ain't never tell you but i i really respected you you know for that because you know being at howard and i know i i speak with a lot of shorties with kids a lot of them had kids at howard while they was in school and after and i feel like you know, once that pregnancy happens, it's really a make or break. Yeah. You know, in terms of what type of dude you are. Mm -hmm. I find, because, you know, for the most part, shorties is like, once they decide they had a baby, they in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. They going to be a mom. But for the dudes, it's really a make or break type of situation. It's like, okay, as the dude, I may have not intended for this to happen. This may not have been the ideal uh, mother for my child now how am I going to carry it you know from here like am I going to make it hard for her and the baby or I'm or, or am I going to put myself aside you know and maybe my own ambitions and make sure you know this child that I help create you know has a, a smooth transition or at least at the very least has my 100% you know effort yeah you know yeah and it's unfortunate a lot of a lot of dudes aren't uh selfless enough, you know, to put their self aside. Yeah. You know, and take care of their business. Yeah, I mean, like I said in the beginning, man, like relationships, I ain't even just speaking about intimate relationships, just any relationship, friendships, all that. It's a mirror, it's an opportunity for you to see yourself. Yeah. And my son was the best mirror I could ever have. I mean, I still was I have remnants of being a wild boy when he was born. Mm -hmm. But I it was always a constant reminder that I needed to man up, you know, and straighten up. Right. Because he was holding that mirror for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he ain't know it, of course. Yeah. But he was holding a mirror for me to just be like, all right, 
Let me stop doing this. Let me stop hanging out on these streets all yeah. night. Let me go ahead and get some sleep and get ready for class, you know, or, yeah. you know, let me get my grind so I can get this money in the future, you know, to be able to support him and support his dreams and goals while I'm also still supporting mine. You know, just putting yourself, you, you always want to put yourself first, but when you have a child depending on you, you have to be able to prioritize what you put first because if you ain't whole, your child ain't going to be whole. You know, so it, it you know it took time, man. I mean, the remnants of the 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 wild boy was still there, but just that time with that mirror being held up in front of you really can evolve you, really help you elevate. Okay, that's what's up. Let me ask you, man, because I'm just so I'm just so interested. Because even now, I got two older brothers. One of them, you know, is a father. He has a daughter. Um, I should probably talk to him about it, but we don't be talking like that. <laughs> so it's so interesting. Like, my homies with kids, I always rap to them because I just find it so interesting, man. So you being a young brother, you know, your freshman year, you now a father. You wasn't expecting that, but, you know, your life kind of got a pivot. Um, what has been the most challenging thing, you know, about being a dad just in general? Man. <laughs> I would say the most challenging thing is being able to um, redirect your idea of how things are supposed to be to how things are. Mm. Um, I grew up in a household where both my parents were together. But my parents, I love them to death. They just celebrated last year their 50th anniversary. But they have a tumultuous relationship. Tumultuous, mm. chaotic. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they fought, they fought, they fought. And they still fight. At, you know, they old and they still fight. That's wild. And, but the idea of a household to yeah, me yeah, was yeah. two people staying together. Just you know what I mean? Out. So that was the idea. And of course, like, well, not of course to y'all that don't know, I'm not with their mom, yeah, you know? Yeah. So that was a transition for me to be able to accept because I was trying to force that idea on my life right, and right, right. stay in situations that can become destructive and chaotic. And Okay. What it did was help me, you know, live my truth, you okay. know. That's dope. I can relate, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't see my boy. My parents had some years, man. man. <laughs> but I feel like some people just have, just are committed to thugging it out, man. Yeah. And I feel like that's a big thing. I don't want to say this generation quit on each other in terms of relationships. I can't say that. But from what I've seen... My parents were just committed to thugging it out. Yeah, that generation definitely was had thicker skin, man. Yeah, they was just going up. All right, we miserable right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, we miserable right now. But this is what it is. Yeah. You know, we together. The family structure was a lot stronger back then. Yeah. You know, I see something reflective in a lot. Of, I mean, I, I really only, not only, but... Black is black families is something that I see firsthand, and the structure of black families have really changed in recent times. I don't know you you watch The Godfather, the movie. Yeah, the movie. I seen it. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, I mean, like one of the main features in that movie, like the first one, the family is all together, and then the second one is like the family is splitting, but they're getting more successful. Yeah, you know what I mean. By the third one, there ain't no family. You know, Damn. so the whole structure fell apart off of you know, success and not needing each other as much. So loyalty changes, you know? Mm. And I think that the thing that helped black people survive the way that we have and be as resilient as we are is our family, our family yeah. structure. And to see it weaken the way that it has is, is discouraging. And, you know, for me, I don't see me and my child's mom not being together as a contribution to that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we both are involved in our kids' life. Right, right, right. You know, right, there's right. still a family structure that can be connected without you being physically living in the same house. This is true. You know, the father need to be in that child's life. You right, know, right. mom too. So what do you attribute that to? Because I really can't, I can't call it. I mean, of course, roles have changed. We talking, if we talking like 70s, um, I guess you could say women were more dependent on on a man, uh, just being around and holding it down. Right, um, right. Just to get on some hotel shit, you know, they say they removed a black man from the family 
in the 60s and 70s. And I should have the specifics, um, but what with, you know, um, you know, government aid and, and things of that nature, having a guideline saying that, you know, if you want this aid, you know, the father can't be anywhere around the house and shit like that. Do you feel as though, how much onus do you put on us as a people and or external forces that has driven a wedge in a black family? I feel like it's a little bit of both. Bro, I feel like it's a bit of both, but I definitely put a lot of that, uh, a lot of that on systemic institutions, sy- systemic racism, man. Definitely. I mean, like it's hard for a brother out here. Bro. Yeah, Listen, you know we don't talk about it enough, bro. I mean, for a- we've been removed from the household for how long? Like it's still going on. I mean, like seventy. What is it? Seventy percent of us going. Face the the system. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Then we come out and can't get work. Can't get work. You know, and then it's a lot of black men. I mean, culturally, we doing a lot of things that are hurting the image of black men to where, you know, a man struggling can't find his place in the family household. So I would say, I I, I don't want to say weaker men, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) Like, weaker men not going to be able to create that position for them. They're going to wait for somebody to hand it out to them. So instead of creating that position, they roll. You know what I mean? And a lot of that is mindset. And I see how the culture is not, we're not in charge of the culture, how it's portrayed to the masses. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is weak images of men. We not aspiring to be stronger images of men. These children aspiring to be stronger images of men. Mm. So when they get older, they got a weak, weak identity. No man was raising them in the household. He locked up or he rolled out because he wasn't able to find his position. And whatever the case may be, men being out of the household totally disrupts a male or female child's self-identity, man. Like, That's real. I, I see it all the time in the work I do. Okay. It, Everything. It's all over you. All over the place. It's hard. You mentioned, you know, brothers getting in the system and can't find the work. I know brothers, master's degrees, getting laid off and can't really get back into the position, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. where they can, you know, um, capitalize off the time and money they put into getting these degrees. Like, it's crazy. Man. It's crazy, I know, brother. Still right playing, now, paying with a loans. master's degree, and been out of work for two years. That and, shit is wild. And see, that's not talked about enough, man. And then you look down on the individual instead of looking at the system, man. Like you know, it's a perception that black men are lazy. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, or we right. lack ambition. Yeah. But. You don't know that battle unless you're in those shoes, you know? Like, we were told to go get these degrees and take them loans out. That's and now we a bachelor's told. degree don't get you nothing. It don't get you a damn thing. Yeah, we came out nothing. drinking that Kool-Aid and like, man, where is that, you As know? A bachelor's degree ain't <laughs> shit. Hey, listen. Bro. Better learn a trade. Learn a trade. Learn a trade. Specialized skills. Lord, it's wild. It's wild where we at right now. Such an interesting time with... With all this progression and, and politics. Politics is in everything now. Um, everything. Let me ask you, you still you still boycotting the NFL? Nah, man. I started watching, dog. <laughs> I started watching this season, man. I took two two and a half years that's off, a bro. Good, that's a long that's dedication. Man, man, but I ain't I, I, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan like listen, you, man. man I, you listen. still a fan? Um yeah, I'm still a fan. I don't know, I don't know what the situation is now with, with, with Dakota. <laughs> but they, they gotta figure I it out. I don't rock with them, bro. You don't rock, you don't nah, rock with him? I don't him? rock with him, man. Oh, he, you said your company, man. Yeah, man. Your company, I mean, like, shit. <laughs> with that whole Kaepernick situation, That's like, there's certain things you, you know, you just don't speak on. If you disagree, like, this that man's moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, your opinion wasn't needed, but nah. you, you, you know. See what happened? Satisfying the masters. See what happened? You a company man, and then when it's time for the check to get wrote, they were like, nigga. Hey, I sell out. Hey, hey. <laughs> this is when, when you sell when you sell out, you ain't got shit left. You gotta be careful. If you're gonna sell out, at least make sure it's worth it. Right, right. Make sure it's worth it, man. Cause I'm telling you, man, people was you was people sell their own people up the river. Same yeah, shit he did all that. Can't even get can't uh extension, right? Now you wanna get angry. I'm like, see? Yeah. That's, they gonna bring wild. good boy Tom Brady over. 
I don't know. Tom Brady about to fall apart. That man like 48 years old. Yeah, can't oh. move, can't do nothing. He's still throw, though. Yeah, a little bit, but I, I just don't want to see Tom Brady. I don't either. I don't want to see Tom Brady back there. Yeah, the boycott was interesting. I, I, you know, I stopped watching on TV, but I was watching the highlights. Yeah, I like I, I was doing my. <laughs> you po- weren't really contributing to their pockets on I that. I mean, it was so like, uh, it, it was just so, it was so interesting to see, um, you know how, you know, just brothers just wanted some justice, bringing bringing awareness of something that's so blatant, and they was like, man, keep that shit. Out of our yeah. organization, it was wild. And Silence not Jay Z, definitely. Not Jay Z in there. How you feel about that? With Jay being in in the NFL and cahoots. Oh, man, I mean, you know, I rock with the music, man. I rock with what he do for the culture. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I I don't have to agree with everything he say, but as far as the NFL, it's a it's a very shaky situation because. You want people who are going to speak for us in these bigger areas of the world, you know? Like, we make the NFL. Like, black people. Like, we are the NFL. If we leave, it ain't no NFL, right? This is true. So, you want a voice that's speaking in every entity of the NFL for us. And so, him being there is good for that. But as far as the Kaepernick situation, right? You got a guy who basically saying, your protest is not needed anymore now we here and it's like how do you determine how this man gonna protest because his protest created the platform for you to even be welcome into the nfl this is true right so you can't criticize at the end of the day you're an entity of kaepernick you're there because of kaepernick because they needed you now they needed you to save face for the people who support this league, you know, and all these black kids that are aspiring to be in that league. You know, our quote-unquote leaders now are just niggas with money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, I couldn't imagine, like, coming up when we had an MLK, we had a Malcolm X, um, we had the Black Panthers, we had we had all these stand-up brothers. Progressive brothers, That too. was like, man, let's, man, let's change our, our situation. And now we we have that, but that's like not the main thing. The main thing is like status and, and the bread. They Most come of them entertainers. It. Yeah, that too. They, they entertainers. That too. The entertainers are the leaders now. That's crazy. They selling something, you know? That's like that's crazy. like Mal- that's like Malcolm coming out and speaking and then, you know, selling a mixtape after he gives his speech. Hey, that's you know what wild. I mean? Like it would water down his message. It definitely you know what would. I mean? And that's where we at now. Because I'm always thinking, you know how it is when you hear one of these guys speak? It's like, all right, so what's he trying to sell me? Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Because I ain't fully feeling what he's saying. So, and then you hear that album coming out in a couple of months and you just like, damn, dog, that's the reason you was creating the waves. You know what I mean? That's where we at now. That's an interesting time. I don't believe you a black leader till they try to put a hit on you. That's when I know yeah. it's real. Like, damn, they trying to get this man up out of here. That's when you changing something. Yeah, that's you crazy. Alter, you taking some money away. No, no. I feel like the only leader we got left is Umar Johnson, man. That's oh, one. man. Oh, man. <laughs> Dr. Umar. Oh, man. We might be doomed, bro. Hey, shout out Dr. Umar. He got... Man, hey man, Umar, that's bro. that's my guy, man. I, I man, if I'm blessed with sons, I can't wait to to send them to the the school for uh African American boys. They gonna get picked up for truancy. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna be like, hey, nah, man. but shout out to Umar, the Umar, man. man. Shout out to Dr. Umar. He be saying some real shit. Sometimes. He do, bro. You know, a lot of people come down on Umar, but I'm like, you're not gonna agree 100 percent with you know everything somebody say. Mm-hmm. You know. You take somebody as an individual, you're going to agree with some stuff they say, some stuff you ain't going to agree with. Right, you know, right. I just don't like when people try to make the ho- the brother as a whole, like, invalid or wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just silly. Yeah, man, it's all about intention, man. And yeah, 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 I, th- yeah, yeah. I feel like he's angry. <laughs> he's kind of unhinged right now, dog. And, like, so? these live videos, he got... Yeah, I, th- he I just feel there. like he needs somebody near him that can reel him back in and get him back focused on the path, man. Because he he was hot. Yeah, he be going there. He was hot years ago. Like, he was really yeah. getting people 
on board on the woke the woke board you know what I mean the prince of pan-Africanism that's yeah that's then they <laughs> hey look hey look then they threw the hotel the, try to take hotel away from us you and, and turn that into something negative man listen you know we, we, we're bringing it back man bringing it back bro I was, I was talking to this shorty you know, I was telling about the whole brand and everything. She's like, oh, you a whole tap? I'm like, come on, sister. Why I got to be all like Why I got to be all like that? It don't got to be like that, sister. Damn. We're just trying to uplift each other. Nah, but I like, I like, I like that path that that you taking that direction, man. man we gotta redefine it, man. I don't know what's going on. It like, made me think, like yeah. you know, with the word, with like how we took nigga, man. Like we we turned that that they gave us lemons and we turned lemonade. And now they scared yeah, to say yeah. it around us, and then that's like deconstruction, right? We deconstructed their meaning and turn it into something else, and then with Hotep, you reconstructing. Listen, you know, man. you taking what was positive. That turn negative yeah, yeah. and turn it back into positive, that's man. I'm, that's all I'm trying to do, man. That's all I'm trying to do out here. But you know, man, I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm I'm feeling blessed. It's been a good. You had a good. You had a Valentine's. You know, nah, bro. Nah, man. Nah, bro. Nah, man. I had my dog. <laughs> you had the dog. Oh shit, what type <laughs> of dog? dog that's Kane Corso. Walk. What you got? Yeah, man. You can't say Kane Corso, How man. How do you say it, man? It's I don't know. It's Kane Corso. And when I, I say that, that to people, yeah, like yeah. they be like, it's a Kane Corso. I was a Kane Corso. They look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, I got the damn dog, man. It's, it's my dog. Co- is yeah, that Latin? Man. I don't know what it is. I think it's, a ta- it's Italian. It's Italian. Yeah, it's Italian. That's a big-ass dog. Hey, you're a horse, man. You're a big-ass baby. No, I will not. Man. I, I ever came to your crib, man. You going to have to put... It's a boy or girl? It's a boy. Yeah, you want to put him up, man. Nah, man, he he, he rock he, he rock with you, yo. That's a big man. I man. just gotta introduce y'all outside. Yeah. You okay. can't come in the house. <laughs> you gotta get to know you outside first. Hey, yo, it's a little introduction, man. Dap him up, y'all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Damn, man, that's dope, man. I I love animals. I wish I had the time to care for one, but I don't. Hey, man, get you uh like a parrot or something, bro. No, take man, that on the road I need with a you. Pit. I want a pit. No, you can't take that with you to the shows, bro. You not know, piss me parent, You can keep that joint oh, on your shoulder, man. young, and be you part of the act, to man. I say it's an emotional, uh, what they call it, the, <laughs> the emotional love. relief dog. Yeah. Give me one of them. Have put a little the sweater little harness. on them. <laughs> put a little sweater on them. Oh no, I'm an animal person, man. Now nah, I'll be peeping you online. If you see you be on the side, you still on the motorcycle. You still cycle. Oh yeah, man. All okay. life, all day. That's life right there. That's interesting. Yeah, man. I've been riding for ten years. 10 man, years. You a veteran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better than me, nigga. I didn't feel like a veteran, and people say you you ain't took your first fall yet. You ain't a veteran. And no, oh, that's I had my stupid. first crash back in 2017, so. Did you? Yeah, yeah, man. It was bad? Was you good? No, nah, I was good. I was, you know, hospitalized, but I've seen worse, you know? But, yeah, riding is life. That bike life is all day. <laughs> my father, My father used to ride, and. A lot of my family rides, so okay, it was only uh, right. Sometimes I kind of passed down. Yeah, yeah, it became like therapy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You better than me, but no. Nah, before we get out of here, man, I wanted to get because you touched on a little bit before. You touched on, um, in terms of you know psychology and the field you was working in, and I know you mentioned you know working with the youth, and I think man that that's commendable because one, I mean we just need that in our community. And two, it take a it take a special type of person to work in that field. Yeah. Like I know a lot of shorties, you know, they do the social work thing, and you know, women supposed to quote unquote have this inner, you know, nurturer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as a brother, to take time to give back and and you know, kind of oversee, you know, the development of some of these young brothers because people going through it. Like I could I could say you know this that and the other, but Man, I had a stable, I had a stable like upbringing. You know, I come two parent home. You know, they mm-hmm. was kind of making sure we wasn't getting in nothing crazy. But you know, sometimes you just born into a situation that's just rough. Right, never you know had saying? a chance. Yeah, yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like I, most of my work, I'm a child develop development specialist, and okay. most of my work has been in D.C. So you know, as you know. DC youth are facing some really hard times, you know, and um, with the communities being gentrificated that the way they are, yeah, yeah. the access to resources is becoming more spread out. So you got a lot of youth who, when kids get bored, they do what the environment 
shows them to do, you know? And right, 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 right. Instead of having goals and ambitions and motivations, they're going to do what's closest to them, and it's a lot of destruction around them. Right, right, So right. with me being involved in the community with youth, I mean, it's like you got to love it. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of people I've worked with that are there because they collecting a check, you know? And they don't really have a passion for what they're doing or a sense of empathy for right, those right. kids' situation. Like, I can't relate to growing up in the hood. I can't, like, you know, yeah, I had yeah. a, as far, outside of the conflict in the, own, in the household, it was yeah, stable, you right, know right, what I mean? Right. But I also went through a lot of trauma where I understand the path of trauma and how okay. trauma can be redirected into positive energy. Okay. So just because I can't relate directly to a kid's trauma or obstacles that they're facing the fact that i have that compassion right, right. to be able to work with these youth in a way that shows them that there's a place in the community for you okay. like you you gotta get down on a level man and a lot of our youth are just looking for a place Interesting. i think everybody is honestly you That's know right. like we all trying to find a way that we going actualize into our community you That's know right. self-actualization but um, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy in D.C., bro. Mm. I mean, these kids... Like, what are you saying? Because, you know, the city is changing so much now with gentrification and all that. You know, I'm living in New York, and I hear people talk about gentrification. I'm like, nigga, this ain't shit. Until you come down to U Street, <laughs> Adams Morgan. I remember what D.C. was. Man. Even, as, you know, go back, we're talking 15 years, freshman year. I remember what it looked like before Howard Theater got built back up and yeah. all of that. Yeah, and to see it now, how it is, how much is that affecting the youth? Or like, what are you saying? Like, what are some of the, you know, the current challenges? So, one thing that's the youth are missing is opportunities that um can keep them out of trouble, right? Mm. So, it's hard for people who don't look like us to empathize and give us the opportunities that we deserve. Right. Mm-hmm. So if a lot of the people who are facilitating these opportunities don't look like us, the youth don't relate. They don't understand our language. They don't understand the way we move and the struggles that are kind of consistent with what's going on with most of these youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be scared. You're going to be looking at them like they ain't good. They, right, they ain't right. no good. They don't deserve the normal necessities of life. You know, they built community centers, bro that I used to work at when I first started my career with children. Yeah, yeah. Like community centers, multi-million dollar community centers, just like in 106, like multi-million dollar community centers right. that you thought was for that community, that yeah. hood that was right there. Right there. Ten years later, they tear that hood down. That was part of the plan. Shit. And that community center still multi-million, beautiful state of the art. Then they built these condos around where the old hood used to be. And these people that don't look like us, yeah, yeah. our tax dollars paid for, yeah. they eat off of it. That's so right. when they hiring, who you think they're going to hire? They're not going to hire people that look like them, like like us. Right, right, right. You know? They're going to hire people that make them comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, them Man. summer youth programs used yeah, to yeah. be the shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you was getting more money in that than you was going to get a subway working for the summer. Right. You know? That's like, right. it was opportunity. But see... They make it look good and sound good, yeah. but then they take it away. And you don't even know it was taken away because you're not in that community. Fuck. You sitting back and like, oh, they gave you this, they gave you that. But y'all still going to jail. Still. You know, you still messing up. Still. Now you grown and you can't even get a job. Well, guess what? The schools ain't really give me the legs I needed to move around in this world. You know, so... There's a lot, man. D.C., we got good people in power, some good people, and we got some people that need to be washed out and pushed out, but that's that politic game, yo. Like me, I'm on the ground. Like, I like to be in the trenches, Okay. you know, because I don't understand that politic world, you know? I like understand the individual, you know, these kids. They they need positive male role models, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, do you think being an empath, like you mentioned before, how much do you think that helps you, you know, with your career and working with the youth? Oh, it helps a lot. I yeah, mean, yeah. like it, it it gives you a, a perspective where they don't have to speak as much. Like a problem with our youth is when they in pain, they're not going to say, 
I'm in pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to be able to identify that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and being able to feel people's energy right, right. can be overwhelming. But when you look at it from the, the perspective of I'm a professional, right. I know that this behavior is a result of pain. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Instead of this behavior is a result of you being a bad person, right, it's right. a result of some kind of trauma. Mm. When you can look at it like that, that is the core of being a child development specialist, right, being right, in right. psychology, yeah, yeah. understanding that behavior come all behaviors start with a good intent. You know mm. what I mean? Even the bad behaviors, like the worst behaviors in the world, even like rapists and people who are into pedophilia, yeah, yeah, yeah. it starts with a good intent for that person to be self-actualized. They just yeah, got yeah. confused at some point Fuck. and it got fucked up. That's deep. You know what I mean? That's deep. And that, you know, that's the burden for me in my professional career yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've seen some kids that's done some heinous shit. Shit. You know, like some crazy things. And I'm just like, it's hard for me to be a professional and see or feel the empathy for some of those things. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. where, you know, you, you ain't supposed to, but you take your work home, you meditate on it, you center yourself, and then come back and try to get that understanding and hope that the process will work the way that it's supposed to work. That's why I mention that, because I know, like me, while I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm an empath per se, you know, I'm an observing person. I kind of feel people out, and I make it a point to try to understand where they're coming from. But in a field that's so heavy, man, it's like, how could you not take that shit home? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you going it's impossible. In, Eight hours, you know what I'm saying? Every day on the ground. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. Like me, I, I do jokes. So it, it would be hard. I would want to, you know, work with the kids at some capacity, maybe like a, a creative capacity, you know, teach a comedy Like class. workshops and shit. Yeah. yeah, something like that. But, you know, the trauma, I have a weird relationship with trauma. A lot of times I feel like we've seen so much. Or not just me. I'm not a, 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 a specific case or individual case but you know we just with social media now trauma is just like it's in your face it's coming mm -hmm. at you so it's hard to not be desensitized yeah yeah a bit like we just seen so much you know with the Trayvon Martin and the you know what I'm saying that all that it was it was a time where I swear it was a a kid a black kid getting shot like every year yeah and they would put it right in front of you you know they That's put crazy, it right in front man. of you but at the end of the day, if you feel anything, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good thing because there's a lot of people who just pass over that kind of information. But that's true. You also got to look at how you relate, man. I mean, that mm -hmm. could be your son. That could have okay. been you. You know, it's grown men who was getting shot. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like Eric Garner. You know, Garner. not shot, but choked Rest out. You know, like it's just all kinds of things that we can relate to yeah, yeah, and yeah. and want to get involved. And that's why I rock with your comedy, man. Because with with I mean, I could be wrong, but this is the, what I get from it. Yeah. Like, you always, like, I feel Howard when, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I listen to your jokes. It be man, cracking me up. That. I be feeling like I be laughing harder than anybody yeah, in that joint because it's like, I get it, man. Like, it's a, you got an agenda there. You got an agenda. Like, you talking about our struggle, but also bringing light to it. Chappelle do that. He does yeah. a real good job. Of course, he do a good job with everything, but it's just man, like, man, that's a goat right just there. having a direction, man. Like, you're creating solutions through laughter. Yeah, Because you're going to make somebody look at it from a different perspective. Like, ain't it funny, you I, know what I mean, try. that y'all do X, Y, and Z? Like, that's wild, you know what I mean? I try, man. I, you know, I try to keep it pleasant, man. Every once in a while, somebody get upset with me. Yeah. It be the shorties, man. The niggas don't be, <laughs> be the shorties, so like, I question, like, is, is my comedy just coming, like, too far from the left? On the nigga side, I, I question that because you know I don't want George to feel because it'd be shorties that be my friends. Like I posted, I post sometimes I post funny shit that happened on uh Facebook. So I'm at a comedy club like the other night and just chilling. Mm. White comedy club, like most comedy clubs. <laughs> you know, they serve a white audience. And um I'm hearing R. Kelly playing. <laughs> they played R. Kelly. They was playing oh. R. Kelly. They was they was playing Ignition Remix. And man, everybody was having a good time at this club, man. And the white girl was singing. She was singing the words. And I laughed because it's like, you know, in the black community, I, that just wouldn't happen. That's not something yeah. that would happen. DJ may not have made it out that night, man. They would not have made it out. And so I posted it. 
And I got my laughing emojis because it was funny. Yeah, that is kind of funny, bro. I'm like, man, it, white people, it's just like it's like two different worlds we live in. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. They be detached from the things that impact us. Like we we take we black people as a whole, I think, are very sensitive to what's going on around them. You yeah. know what I mean? White people be kind of elusive to that. Like they kind of just like it is what it is because I'm good over here. That don't bother me too much. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? Like, there's another black dude doing some crazy stuff. That don't, I don't care. I like his music. Right. You know, and to a sense, it's okay to feel that way because I'm going to still listen to R. Kelly, but I ain't going to be blasting it when I'm sure driving listen, down the street. I'm not going to lie. It was on my mind so much. Man, I played Ignition Remix. I was in the whip. I was working the next day. <laughs> I was like, man, this is such a good song. This nigga Can't is deny a it, bro. rapist, though. Nasty it's crazy. Dude. Nasty. Nasty. Deplorable. But damn, this song goes but so see, hard. It's so many other talents, man, that, like, if you can separate yourself from the art and say, I don't, I probably wouldn't agree with this person's life if I knew their life. Right, right, right. The problem with us is we be looking for these people to be. Our preacher, our philosopher, our entertainer, you know what I mean? Our partner. Some people basically think artists are their partner. They talk to them in yeah, their yeah, house, yeah. man. They may have a poster and be rapping to them or something. But we, we elevate them to this God status, and they human at the end of the day. I mean, it's trauma that brought him there. So for me, being a professional, I can separate that and oh, listen yeah. to Ignition and 12 play and, you and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I can listen to all that and be all right, you know? Oh, man. Because there's a lot of artists that I probably, they probably doing worse than him, man. You man, know? It's just, you, I don't know. You ain't lying. He you was just lying. sloppy with it. He was loose. Apparently, he wasn't that loose. You know what's funny? I feel like when you, when niggas got a career's got to slow down a little bit. And who, who, who knows? Oh, what's yeah, next? they protected him. They yeah, definitely protected him. Man, I thought I spoke to shorties that went to Howard. Like, yeah, he, he came to our school one time and he was he was trying to get he was trying to get a little young. Middle school. <laughs> yeah. High school. High school. But it was like, yeah, he was he was trying to get little youngins. And I was like, man, that's crazy. And then you think to when you was in when I was in high school, and it was definitely older niggas. You know, hanging yeah, around. It was happening all day. Trying to see what's up. So it's yeah. like, wow, man. And I hated them because they had the advantage. I ain't never they look did. at them like they were nasty. I didn't have that that understanding yet, but I was hating, man. Yeah, like the bad girl. The whip. Yeah, bad the bad, bad joint in middle school getting 24. driven away. <laughs> just see, I'm riding my bike and shit. This motherfucker just gone. Damn, this shit crazy, man. The nasty. world we live in, man. Oh man, this has been a good, this has been a good episode. I knew he was gonna be a good guest, man. Oh, like this, bro. I just appreciate critical thinkers, man. That's all. You know, I'm trying to moving forward, just live in a in a non judgmental space and, and understanding. You don't know what people going through, bro. Yeah, like you just day. don't. I know what I'm going through, and I'm still figuring my shit out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I can't play judgment on nobody. You know, for well, it depends. Some type of shit, niggas. Yeah, I can play some judgment. Yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna say that. It's some deplorable ass shit. (laughs) It might be a reason why you doing that deplorable shit, but I still can't fuck with you. you, Your vibration ain't aligned with mine, so you keep it over there. It's Mm -hmm. deplorable. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I appreciate you coming through. You've been an avid supporter. Larry be popping up at the shows, and I appreciate that. It's good to see a, a nice face. I love to see my people coming to my shows, man. Yeah, uh, man, I appreciate the invite, bro. No, nah, man, because, you know, the industry just so segregated. And it's not just comedy. It's, it's everything. Everything, you man. You know what I'm saying? It's music and all that. So when, when, my, when my people come through, I, I, I put an extra splash in the performance. I ain't going to lie. I, I sprinkle a little bit of extra shit on there. Um, but it was cool to have you, man. You got any questions for me, man, before you get up out of here? I do, man. I, I just want to know. What's next for you, bro? What's next for me, man? You know, one of my major challenges has been, you know, really breathing life into my ideas, man. You know, I have, I always have ideas, but in terms of execution, sometimes I fall short. I'm not going to lie. In terms of being organized and just seeing shit through, some of my bigger ideas don't always come to fruition. So that's what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. So I got a funny sketch. Um, that I'm about to roll out that may turn into a web series. I don't know. 
Um, look out for some more Hotep holler. Um, simply speaking too. Um, second season about to come back out, and then also Roller reviews, man. When you want to hit a reel about the films, you know I always see my black film. So if it's a black movie coming out, you know I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna let you know how it is. I ain't gonna sugarcoat shit. I ain't gonna tell you go see it just because it's black. Yeah, you help me save some money. Listen, I try. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. But yeah, that's all, man. And, and still um doing the comedy and just trying to grow, you know, as a person and and, and really just promote um. Um, light, man, and, and critical thinking and, and spreading the love and peace, man. It's hectic times we live in there. Need right that, now, man. Definitely need that. Hectic times we live in there. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. We got an election coming. I'm going to vote for the Democrat because this is the least I could do. I don't know. You Slim know? Pickens out here, bro. It is. I got a joke about it. I was like, man, it's like, niggas, we going to vote for the Democrat. Just like niggas voted for Hillary. We just so desensitized. And you know what it is? I feel like as a people, we don't. I don't really subscribe to the whole. Mm-hmm. It's just come on, man. Yeah. You look at the history of this country, man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it, you know you feel isolated from it, but at the end of the day, this dude that's in office, man. He that's wild. He can cause some. He done cause some destruction. Yeah. Nah, definitely, yeah. man. But I'm definitely gonna have you back, bro. Um, yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't. I want to tell people to support and follow you, man. You doing such dope. Sh- some some such dope, you man, know. I'm like, I'm like uh, shit in the city. I, I just pop out, man, on social media every now and then. Okay. I'll be off the grid, but you know, as far as um that platform, you you know my my yeah. uh my handle, Ghost you, Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's where you at now. But tell us how you got how if somebody wants to get involved with you know helping the youth in the capacity that you you are helping. I don't know if you need a certification to do it or if it's something you just you know, apply to, but like how, you know, I don't know what organization you're with, but like how can somebody who wants to work with, with the youth, how can they do that? Well, one of the main things that you, you can do if you want to get involved in the community is join in volunteer groups. Um, okay. A lot of volunteer groups will give you access. You'll you'll learn about different career paths that you can take. But uh, one of the main focuses for me with volunteering is uh, prison reform. Mm-hmm. So, especially with the youth. So lowering recidivism rates, especially with black youth. And in a lot of major cities, there's tons of volunteer groups. Like a Google search will pull them up for you. But even on social media, following people who are involved in that entity that you want to get involved with is something that's going to get you started on that path. But volunteer groups all day, we need volunteers all the time. Even if it's just like passing out food or you know, buying books for a school, you know, a school that's independently owned or charter schools and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's easy to get involved if that's what you want to do. Yes, it's there. Man. It's there. It is. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your effort with a saying that has effort in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, this has been Hotel Holler, man. Um, we was chatting with my man, Larry Vines. Um, this was a, a, a great podcast, man. It was very informative. Um, And yeah, man, we're going to see y'all next time. We're going to catch y'all next time. Peace.